This is the ModPod, brought to you by Modality, helping businesses optimize their Microsoft technologies everywhere. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Mod Pod. Uh, this week we are joined by Michael De Dominic, who heads up everything adoption and change management, and Sean Murphy, who is a product owner for our team's performance tooling and a managing consultant. Today's topics are: What do you get from Ignite? Uh, teams, is it actually bigger than the OS? Uh, and what do you want to keep from lockdown as we move forward? Let's go on to topic number one. Hey, Sean, tell us about something cool. Night's coming up. Did you sign up? I looked. I, I, I haven't committed. I'm a little afraid of commitment, Sean, but it does look like there's some pretty cool sessions. And, I, you know, I'm just always afraid that something's going to pop up or a customer call is going to pop up and then it's going to pull me out. I've always checked in on sessions and like followed up and watched video afterwards, but I know you're really like just way better than me about actually diving in and experiencing the full thing. So for sure. Yeah. It's what, should, how should I do it? What should I do? I think everyone has so, that problem. Busyness of, um, busyness of day to day and just, you know, ignite seems so big in terms of the amount of sessions that they have and the value you can get from it. it can be a bit overwhelming almost you know like how do you find that time the way i approach it is i look through all of the pre-catalog information meaning yep. who's speaking what subject what person speaking and trying to identify what fits to me in terms of what i'm doing now um i try and pick one or two things that are applicable to me in my day-to-day -day or just within the tech industry that I'm you know personally interested in um but yeah you can get run away pretty easily with feeling like you know you have to join and listen to them live and you know that can be consuming it can be days obviously it goes on for over a week so you know you don't want to be sitting there for a week listening to all the sessions <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I, I've I've sort of signed up for it and I'll probably end up doing the same as I did last year which is missing absolutely all of it and then going back and watching things on recommendation for when people say, did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second. Let me, let me go back and find it. Cause I, I just find that it, it, there's a real difficult practicality about trying to fit this into your working world. It's, in some ways it's easier when you go physically to the events Yeah. because you just, you're locked out. I mean, you, you know, you end up. Yeah, you've cleared the <laughs> when you're, calendar when for you're the week. The UK, you, you know up, where you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, end, you end up going and doing the uh, the UK hours at, at sort of silly o'clock in the morning, don't you? And then you go off and do uh, Ignite for the rest of the day. So you end up, by the time you start beers on the end of it as well, you, you, <laughs> you're doing silly hours. But that whole thing of just being away from your desk, for me, makes it so much more manageable. I find the, the virtual stuff, I... I'd struggle with the attention span. Yeah, I think if you're doing it real time and you're like you're literally tuning in, you know, you go to the catalogue, you find the calendar invite, you put it in your calendar, find the ones that interest you the most. That can be quite consuming. I tend to find the items that I want to like the sessions I want to to chip into 
And then I'll either wait for the session to finish the following day and I'll go back and I'll just, you know, I'll stream through it really fast and find the key segments and talk points that I'm interested in. Um, I find that works better for me. Um, and then I can just tap into it in my own time, like in a faster way. But yeah, 100%, if you're going to it live, it can be, you know, there's a lot of obviously warming up and dialogue, and, you know, chat that happens in a lot of those uh, in a lot of those sessions that you probably want to miss, you know, getting through it quickly on a YouTube video is more efficient, right? Without a doubt. Yeah, I guess you can, you can skip all the uh, all the bits that aren't relevant for you. It's okay, that old 1.5 playback speed, right? For like any sort of training thing or audio book. I, I can't, if I go too much faster than that, the, everything gets too high pitched, but uh, 1.25, 1.5, that's like, that's a real nice sweet spot somewhere in there. Yeah. I think Ignite's yeah, a big one as well, because like the whole, like my Satya's keynote is always an important one for me. If I have to choose one, although it's not topic specific, like just getting the vision of someone at that level, like he's the he's the voice of Microsoft, right? So knowing what's going on in the market and picking up on the key points and, you know, is he focusing more on cloud? Of course he is, right? Like. But is he focusing on a specific element? Is he focusing on our subject like teams a lot more? Like just hearing and noting that he's talking about those key points is important enough. And getting the narrative of what he's talking about and the direction of Microsoft like strategically, it's just like, for me, I always feel empowered by it, right? Because we live in that world. So it's almost like, you know, our partner and our, um, you know, Microsoft is, uh, you know, someone who we're partners with knowing like what they're doing and getting that inside from them straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, I think is is really important. Like it's important for all of us, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's it. You raised an interesting point there because <clears throat> you almost had it as a bit of a throwaway comment for you know for our area teams. So yours is just teams performance. If you look at the rest of the organisation, you know we're dealing with the OS stuff, the Azure, M365 securities. You put all that together one person can't realistically cover all those things so for an organization like us we've probably got to have i don't know five or six people taking ignite relatively seriously from the they should all be on the yeah. sat -net. yeah they should they should all be yeah. on that initial keynote yeah for sure um, to get that sort of direction going but for the rest of it it's got to be a divide and conquer thing because there's so much content in it you just can't you can't do it. And the other thing that's that I find interesting is I sort of mentioned beers earlier on, which <clears throat> I may or may not have had one or two on previous events, but there's an awful lot of networking and relationship building and stuff that goes on as you meet people on those events. You can't really do that in the virtual environment. I guess you can you can hunt people down and, and yeah, I've got a break. Can we connect? How, How do I, I fill my right? swag bag, Pete? How do I fill my swag oh, bag? They don't. they don't do that anymore. That's <laughs> they gone. Do. They, they do. You get, you gotta get, gotta get your socks in there, right? If I don't have some branded socks, and I don't walk away from an event with a, without branded socks or some peppermints, I'm, I'm not happy. Guys, I, I'd be lying if I said <laughs> I, I didn't have at least two pairs of Microsoft socks in my drawer. Or some I'm pens, right? Minimum yeah. bar is a pen. If I don't yeah. get a pen, I'm not happy. <laughs> I've got a customer yeah. swag pen sitting on my desk this second. So there you go. 
yeah. 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 I used to come. I used to come away with a stack load of toys for the boy. It was like come back. It's like, oh, you've been there. It's like, yeah. Look at all this stuff you can have. Squishy <laughs> things to throw, right? Yeah, but, you but the networking is huge. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Networking yes. is huge, and I think you can still do it. I mean, just even names, right? Like a lot of the uh, the people who are talking at the sessions, you can you can find them on LinkedIn, right? They're very accessible people. You can look them up. You can join and you know connect with them on LinkedIn. That that for me is always a tick. Like I always, the people who I'm interested in hearing the most often mm-hmm. have more to say throughout the year, right? They're not just talking at that one session. They'll typically put out posts and have activity on their LinkedIn feed. So I I make a point of getting the names and immediately connecting with them on LinkedIn. And I find that keeps me going throughout the year as well because you know you picked us. A session on I don't know Azure AI cloud and uh, ML technologies it's yeah great for a one-off but you want to hear more from that person like he's probably the principal person in Microsoft and probably has the most knowledge you want to keep connected like connectivity with that so you can still network I think it's possible yeah I I I, I, I get what you're saying I guess for me there's a there's a difference between just connecting to somebody on LinkedIn and actually physically meeting them at one of the the side parties or shows or, or going out for dinner and and having a proper long chat about stuff not necessarily all work if actually very rarely work related because <laughs> most, most people i know when they go on these things you know they don't want to talk shop at the end of the day they talk shop happily right the way through it but come the evening time no let's talk about let's talk about all other sorts of nonsense i'll give you an example of that i think um like Power BI is fairly, fairly, fairly well known now from Microsoft perspective. Like it's really pushed. It's their analytics platform mm-hmm. um, and reporting platform. And I think a few years ago when I was getting into the sort of data realm, I can't remember what session I joined, but I remember finding a few people's names, connecting with them on LinkedIn. And then a few months later, found out that they were doing and bringing over everyone from the product group in America to Hemel Hempstead which is just down around the corner from St. Albans, <laughs> which is just the most, I like what that would never happen in real. You just like what they're Microsoft are coming five minutes to a hotel. That's, you know, literally five minutes from our office. Like, but I connected with them on LinkedIn and, you know, found this sort of event that was coming up, joined it, went to Hemel Hempstead, met the whole Microsoft Power BI, like the, the principal program manager for Microsoft for Power BI, all, all of the, all of the engineers, all of the, hey, all of the people. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but I it didn't was... know it explode like that, Sean. And that, yeah. that's cool, but that that's the power of it, right? Like you, you know, you, you you can get some really quick wins out of it for sure. Like it, I think it's really important the networking element, and you can still do it today, I think. But Pete, you were talking about earlier, like how we have different subjects, like people, and you know, within the business, we obviously have security elements, we have teams, we have MC six five, we have. You've know, got we've got the whole Microsoft stack as your everything. You know, for me, I've already started yammering about Ignite and tagging people who I think might have certain sessions. From when I look through the catalog for myself, already I found some security sessions. I tagged, you know, the person in, uh, you know, the, the principal consultant who's looking at um, security. I've got uh, someone in our dev team who looks at dev operations and already found there's a session on arm deployment for Azure, which is very niche, you know, very specific. Great, there's a guy talking about a whole session on the new ways of arm deployment. Like, let me tag that person. So 
I don't just think about the catalog for me. I'm like, I'm almost segmenting it for people. And it's a 10 minute thing to do, just yeah. tag people and list it out. Begs, begs an interesting question, because we're, we're probably the right sort of size to be agile and flexible enough about that. If you've got a really big organization or a really small organization, you're either going to have way too few people or you're going to create, you know, your security person or your cloud person is going to go to a load of different stuff that somebody else in the same department is going to go to. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's probably pretty difficult to manage on those opposite ends of the scales, I would imagine. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like, yeah, we're small and agile, so. yeah. We but but even look at bigger organizations that we work with on a regular basis, right? Like for any given project, there might be the, the SharePoint people who are now all of a sudden the Teams people and, you know, they they their umbrellas <laughs> expand, right? And more is under their umbrella now. And oftentimes it, it's because of an interest. It's because they took an active interest in a certain area. They're taking sessions now. They're learning that way. And hey, that's that's the person who's now responsible for all that stuff as well. So um, I think scalability uh, issues or concerns can play key roles across the the consideration there. <laughs> so in summary, like if you're in if you're in technology, even not just Microsoft, right? Like you want to pay attention to your the big players. I still think Microsoft and Ignite is or any of those sessions are really important to pay attention to. Anything that Satis says is is worth paying attention to in detail, even just the narrative and the tone. Um, and from a strategic like perspective, it's really important to to listen to those keynotes. You can look through the catalog before the event. You can you know, carve out the sessions that you specifically want. Probably don't join in real time because you're going to get, you know, you're going to have to book most of your day out probably to listen to them and, you know, weed through a lot of the information post. Microsoft always list it on YouTube, so it's easy to get through really quickly. Um, try and yammer it out. If you're in a small agile company, find the key people in the given areas and tag them. Very simple thing to do. Um, and then note that Microsoft typically have a playbook. So maybe a day or even a week afterwards, someone in Microsoft will list all the sessions on a virtual playbook and you can literally search for the event you want uh, by topic or keyword. Microsoft have made it really accessible now to do that. That's a really good asset for anyone who's you know, not joining the session, but you know, two, three days after or a week after wants to tap in and, and start reflecting on those sessions, go to the virtual playbook. Cool. Sounds good. Lovely. Right. Shall we uh, pick on something else now? Let's go to number two. Sorry. All right. Did you hear Satya you hear? talked last year that Teams is bigger than the operating system. That's a huge statement. Caught me massive. I wouldn't say by surprise, but definitely caught my eye. One that I quote quite often, because just for the whole relevance and importance of Teams. What do you think, Michael? Big one? So, Sean. Statements go. After you kind of pointed me towards some of this, I had to go follow up a little bit and track down some of the history of them building this narrative in their interviews and whatnot. Literally, I'm looking at stuff from Jeff Tepper, Jeff Teeper, sorry, apologies, Jeff. I'm sure you're awesome. Uh, we're talking like May last year. They've been building up this narrative. Uh, Satya, earlier this year, article, Financial Times, uh, talking about, hey, bigger than Windows, bigger than the OS, because it's kind of OS agnostic, right? It's any device, anytime, anywhere. Exactly. And yeah. so I think that's really what's compelling about it. It's I 
I feel like when you're in on your Windows computer, it feels a little bit like, okay, well, why why does it feel like I'm doing this here and not here kind of vibe? But as soon as you're out of that one little bubble and stuff works and you can access your files and you can respond to things from this or from your keyboard, that's when the reality of that one starts to sink in. So I'm kind of curious, A, how have you guys like maybe even subconsciously experienced teams being a little bit bigger than the operating system? And then B, is that just hyperbole? Like, are we feeling that's a little fluffy or like, I, I'm really starting to see some some stuff lining up where, oh, okay, you know, yeah, I can access I, it in a browser, I, that's agnostic. I it's it's one of those okay. statements i think it's <clears throat> it got thrown out there and probably for almost you know or, or the vast majority of of people wouldn't have given it a second thought because it's just a yeah it's just a, a sort of a, a big showy off statement right mm -hmm. but actually when you start to give it a little bit of thought behind it you know the operating system i mean it, it's done massive massive things over the last 20 odd years right um but i, I put it on par with the to... internet it's as big as saying teams is as big as the internet when someone says to me teams is as big as the operating system it is like it's like saying it's the most important thing in the world mm -hmm. to it, technology it, from a technology but perspective that's it. but it's a massive statement to make but most people won't have given it into consideration but when you actually then start to you know to use teams on on, on a regular basis and you find and if you're just working on your your laptop, because let's face it, most of us for the last 12 months have used it on the same machine because we're all at home and we're not moving around. It's then when you start to get into, oh, do you know what? Oh, I need to access, um, you know, one of the other tenants that I've got, got an account on. I'll just fire it up in a web browser. And then you've got your mobile. So, you know, you're in the middle of something, writing a writing a writing a you know a message to go into one of the Teams channels, and you've got a call going on the same thing, and you think, actually, no, I've just seen a message pop in, I want to address that one, I'll deal with that, and you deal with it on your mobile. When you actually start to put all of these things together, it's like, it really doesn't matter what you're using, what you're accessing, you completely forget about the platform it's on. Mm -hmm. And so, I think you know, almost it was almost the case for me of the statement itself was a bit too showy absolutely right but possibly a little bit too showy um at the time so yeah i, I is it I bigger it than you know, it's, it's difficult think, isn't it yeah i think it coincides with remote working doesn't it like teams in a remote worker scenario in this climate covid climate is is massive right remote working is massive so microsoft's remote working platform is obviously team so that i think it was it was a point in making that's that narrative right like it is as important now to be connected communicated like you know um be able to communicate in such a way and um, for me it massively caught me like i saw it and to your point Pete, i i sat on it for a while and started thinking about it from probably from michael's perspective like an adoption perspective like here's a question for you what things do you use outside of teams like for me i log on i'm in teams all day the only you mean two work, things work that, related stuff <laughs> yeah yeah not like application wise sorry yeah, like no, no, yeah, the only no. two thing i can think of is outlook and browser got, like it's teams I, I fully use... 90 percent outlook probably 10 percent probably browser yeah. maybe 30 percent right like if i was to split it well i had That's a it. you know when you get your analytics through from 
um, uh, you know, through an Outlook saying what you've done. Uh, it was only a few weeks ago that I had one with 0% email usage. Awesome. Loads of people have trashed that since then. But we yeah. won't go into that. You know, I'll hunt them down over the next few months and, and deal <laughs> with them. But you're right. It, I mean, Outlook for me is primarily a tool to talk to external clients uh, if they haven't got chat available. It's very corporate, um, isn't it? Like official yeah. etiquette, corporate. That's what I think of email now. It's like, I'm going to speak to a customer or a partner. It's something official that I'm asking for, maybe contractual, maybe mm. for, yeah, in that formal context. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's probably it's the like, old facts, right? It's the old way. Yeah. And for my role, it's like maybe because I'm not doing so much. I'm doing a lot of that, but not not so much. Like that's all I use it for now. Yeah. Like literally that is it. Like all my calendaring is done in teams all of my messages everything all my collaboration is done in teams so yeah i'd say oddly like enough, I, yeah i prefer doing my calendaring in outlook oddly enough just for the drag and drop and because things get moved around it's a little bit just easier for that but i tend to have calendar open on on outlook check messages occasionally um but outside of that it's probably just the actual uh office apps you know the, the words and excels and powerpoints that's really about it so yeah, you can tell it's all in transition, right? Like it's <clears throat> it's it's trending more toward being in this one Teams tool, and then it, even then, Microsoft would almost prefer to have you, hey, go use the browser version versus the the actual installed on your computer version of whatever application you're trying to run too. Like so, everything's trying to become more and more OS agnostic, where it doesn't care what version of an operating system you're running from but yeah outside of the office suite just some very particular like maybe video editing sort of software based on actual deliverables that we're putting across to to email to customers that kind of thing sean but um yeah it's a significant portion of the time i think calendaring um you know you got to view other folks calendars overlap calendars multiple time zones that kind of thing i think so, so uh, here's a different question for you. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the statement that Satch has made about Teams, et cetera. Are the other major vendors getting that same sort of Ooh, he's slowing down concept then. moving? <laughs> Your network cut out a little bit then. He was actually <laughs> slowing down, but I think it was, was emphasized really by the network. Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. It. You right. really emphasise your words there as well. Like, you chose <laughs> the right words to slow down on. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, I live in the back end of nowhere and uh, <clears throat> I have some fibre issues that will be resolved one day when they turn up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, are, are the other vendors having these this same sort of movement as, uh, as Microsoft? I don't think anybody can touch what Microsoft is building. Pretty much end of story. I think everything else seems second rate. Everyone's got Microsoft Windows licenses to run life. And Teams is just filling in more and more of what you do in one spot, which is really, really good. So regardless of what other vendors might say about the tool, uh, you know, good luck trying to catch up because so much of what happens in business <laughs> and in life is in a Microsoft environment anyway. So you're going to be in better shape running with that every time. And yeah, I'm not even trying to powder coat that one. That's just, I think that's how it works. I think the pace, the pace of Microsoft is what, is what I'm amazed by. 
like I keep an eye on the roadmap pretty frequently, like not only from a development perspective, but from a future perspective and just the pace of what they have now and what comes into the team's client is just phenomenal. Like it's, it's almost like I'm in awe of it sometimes. Like a bit, development bit of a, is a, bit of, a bit of a tangent for you. I was looking at the school curricula, right, in the UK for um, IT. And it still talks around um, binary and bits and all of these sort of, you know, how you deal with algorithms and all this sort of stuff. And uh, it just struck me that the pace that the likes of Microsoft are moving and the pace that our industry has moved with over the last 18 months, two years, because it has been phenomenally fast, let alone the previous, you know, eight to 10 years. Kids that are coming through and being taught what they're being taught in school at the moment are so disconnected. But with the pace that, that the platforms are moving at, they're, they're going backwards. Yeah, something's got to change radically, I think. You know, if 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 we're creating, or well, we, i take some credit, obviously. Uh, no, if Microsoft are creating these platforms and, you know, moving to, to agnostic, or you know, tooling, um that is these the next generation through aren't gonna stand up. hope they're gonna have to start from scratch when they get to the working world yeah it's I a think... different it's a different way of working right like it's almost like the it's the switch for me like i'm 22 years technology now it's that switch from on-prem server everything is i wouldn't say slow but it's like it's very tangible right like being in in building servers and then uh, applications and now mm. everything's cloud right it's the agility of cloud really like removing teams from the discussion it's always on always featured like it's tapped it's there right it's it doesn't like and kids now to go to your point v like kids will take that for granted 100 <laughs> like, percent right yeah i mean i don't have to install stuff it just streams in it's just yeah yeah it's there you just click yeah. like just can use it on my mobile my browser and full and it's feature rich yeah yeah like think of that 15 years not even 15 years ago like think of that from sky perspective when you had to wait for cu updates right cumulative updates yeah. and stuff it's, it's all gone isn't it it's all gone like we forget so quickly i think that's that's the pace and that's the cleverness of cloud right like it's yeah, yeah. it's, that it's down so, to the level of what do you mean i have to wait till next week to watch the next show that I want to watch? Or what do you mean I can't skip commercials? Like it's that level of, Some oh, shift, this is it? significantly different for how we work. So, right then, I, I think the only way to answer this one or summarize this one is is a vote. Is Teams bigger than the OS? Yes or no? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the OS has been around since the dawn of time and it's, you know, it's what Teams is still built on, right? Because you still need that code base. Yeah, Teams is amazing, but yeah, it hits point. It it hits point, didn't it? Like it was the right narrative at the right time with remote working, and it is that important. I think that's what you take away from it. It's that important right now. Is it as big as it? No. No. Well, the thing is, you you can't separate them, can you? Because you know, without the internet underlying the whole damn thing, none of this would work. Without the operating systems having reached the level where they are now. Again, it wouldn't be possible. Is it the next big step? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, cool. Agreed. Right. Should we go to the final one? Topic number three. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, we've been in lockdown for oh, what six, seven, eight years now, um, or so it feels. Years. Yeah. Have we ever not been in lockdown? So <laughs> I don't know. I think my memory is this a dream. Started, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Somebody asked us a question. Um, what would you like to see kept from moving into a lockdown working world? Oh, what would you like to see kept? Netflix, because Michael's just told me he's uh, cancelled his subscription. You've got to keep Netflix, dude. It's so important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to prioritize my have limited chill, viewing right? time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I think working practices, right? Like, take one of your worked in practice, like, probably reflect and go, what was that one working practice I took from remote working? Like, fully immersed. I can only do remote working lockdown. I think for me, it's saying no a little bit more. I say yes a lot. Like I've noticed that about myself. I'll constantly be chatting in five or six different threads and doing work and on a podcast, which I was literally just doing now, actually, as, I, as, as I'm thinking about it. Literally, I'm doing five or six things. I think just saying no a bit more, even to meetings, you know, when people schedule meetings, like saying no to that, you know, I don't record it for me please because i'll catch up with it on my own time because i've got my kids around or whatever you know People that is quite important say, could you can you join a meeting next week and that doesn't happen anymore people just look at your diary you're going to be at home yeah so they just schedule things in so i think that's gone out the window or say I think, I think, on that note on that note you could say like if there's a big party right and you're not the lead person that meeting like the key person you could be can you record it or can you ensure it's recorded because i'll look at the transcript or i'll catch up with it on my own time make sure it's in the channel because it's reflective of the subject and i'll pick up all the notes no problem i think well, there that's... is a there is a saying isn't there if the meeting can start without you you're not needed exactly yeah and like probably if you sit down and get all your meetings and go I know what percentage of these am I there for input, but I can catch up on my own time. That could be a powerful thing, right? Like, so maybe that's the one thing to take from it. Even just the thought process of that would be the one thing to take away from it. For me, anyway. Cool. Okay. I think I think mine's, mine's fairly obvious, I think, in the sense that for ages, we have been sort of saying to the likes of, you know, sales team, et cetera, as pre-sales and consultants, we don't need to go to client site as much. This whole 12 months has proved that that perpetual visiting site every day, day in, day out, going to the site, going to the customer site, going to trog yourself around the country to do pre-sales meetings doesn't necessarily have to happen. And I think, again, Sean, just coming back to you, we need to say no. So when we get the you know the lockdown lifted i'm sure there'll be an immediate splurge where everyone goes i can really go to office i can go to customer site i can't i will i'll be there you know um but actually the ongoing thing needs to be actually no i don't need to go i can do that from here and i think it's, it's you know it's it's proven that what the techies have been saying for a long time and likes of microsoft and others you know remote working's okay it works it can all be done has now been proven so i think there's a lot of for the businesses there's a lot of uh the arguments against it have been taken away yeah yeah you could I, loop, you could I'll loop that right. around to i was gonna say you could loop that point 
right back round to the Ignite, right? Like, I wonder what the attendee list of Ignite is going to be. Well, obviously this year it's all virtual, but let's Good say post lockdown, are uh, like what's the shift, right? Are people going to be like, actually, like our points are right? You can go to the catalog and listen to it on YouTube the next day. Do I really need to be there? Like, what does that drive down the percentage of Ignite, right? Attendees. You, you send five people to Ignite, rack up the costs, the travel, the loss of what you're doing on your day job, hotels, yeah. all that sort of yeah. stuff. That's going to come to a chunky old bill. Yeah. 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 I, I, I feel like uh, from my bubble, the a lot of what we can accomplish working with the folks we work with can happen remotely, but it's also definitely shown the gaps. Uh, there's some things when you're doing some of that VIP white glove hands-on, like getting people to learn how to do things, showing them how the buttons on their headset work, diagnosing specific issues that are just incredibly painful to try and do remotely. So I feel for a lot of the kind of IT help desk sort of folks that are trying to support folks remotely with their actual hardware issues they're they're working with. You can't just remote in and, and solve everything. And that's one thing that we've learned time and time again by providing hyper care support versus like on-site boots on the ground sort of stuff. But by and large, most of everything can can be more effective. Uh, instead of floor walking mm -hmm. and, and, and kind of bumping into people, you can actively send messages that pop up in front of their face that says, hey, have you done your test calls? Are you, uh, you know, experiencing it as it should be? Are there are you having issues? You know, that sort of thing. And you get a higher degree of interaction from that. The other thing that I would add that I'd love to keep going is I think in general, people are more aware uh, and just just con cognizant of, sensitive to, you know, what, what's their setup like? Um, you know, a lot of folks are realizing, ooh, I need two monitors. Ooh, I need yeah, a better microphone. 100%. I need yeah. I need a headset that doesn't stink. I need to pay better attention to my home internet. So even places my that tie come, like, like yeah. where's my camera position? Is my yep. light, like you said, right? We just before we joined, Sean, your, <laughs> your flickering background. It's like, oh yeah, my, my light's too strong and I'm in close proximity to a wall, I should move. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yep. you're right though, 100%. Yeah, people are paying way more attention to the whole remote working scenario, like internet providers. Have I got, I've only got one access point, but I roam around a lot now. So I probably need to because I'm Pete and I live in a mansion, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <Nah. laughs> no, no, I said I lived in the back of beyond, not in a mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I live in a shed. <laughs> so a difference. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right though, Mike. I think you're you're 100 right. It, like the perspective changes. Yeah, 100 right. Yeah, yeah I, th cool. I think the, the last the last thing on my my point that would be nice to keep, and I don't think anybody said what two things you would want to keep, but the awareness of people's circumstances, I think, for your colleagues is actually quite good. So you know, people's families. But it somehow makes it a little bit more real, oh, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, well, you know, you see, you don't have to look far back. I mean, you see people panicking because their kids have walked into the room whilst, you know, there's the infamous clip of the mum sliding into the bedroom to take the kids out where, you know, now people's kids come in. And, and I know we're quite chilled as an organisation, but, you know, you tend to sort of bring them around and say, say hello. Yes, hello. Great. Out you go. That's so much more normal. I think. And, I think that's uh, a cultural thing as well. 
like I think maybe that's a I don't know, maybe that's a UK cultural thing. I don't know if that's maybe US as well, like a Western thing. I don't mm. think uh, some some countries are a little bit they they work that way anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I used to I used to live and work in Switzerland, and like family is everything. They would bring kids into the office and have them on a Friday. Like you'd see kids like everywhere. That's <laughs> you know, awesome. pick them up from. Yeah, it's like a very cultural driven thing as well. So I think it's to your point like yeah because of the new norm people the, the shift is gonna hopefully stay there where people understand circumstance but equally like it's a cultural shift maybe as well right like maybe we're adapting more yeah. what other european and other countries do i'd like to see that anyway as that's a, a full podcast difference. right there man that's great yeah yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> a tech that's the next subject right <laughs> uh well that is us done gents thank you both very much um just as a reminder we have uh, michael de dominic who heads up everything adoption and change within our world uh and sean murphy who is a product owner and is oh what are you managing consultant there we go get your title wrong uh <clears throat> and uh, thank you very much it has been an absolute pleasure again if you want us to talk about anything in particular drop us a line at the mod pod at modalitysystems.com um, and we will be back in a couple of weeks with the next topics thanks very much cheers guys see you guys this is the mod pod brought to you by modality helping businesses optimize their microsoft technologies everywhere